What's up? So, well, my cat's here. He's uh, he wanted to come in, but I think he wants to be part of the podcast. He's got some stuff to say from a cat's eye view. Because I'm always shooting high, and you're always shooting high. So he shoots, you know, he shoots the Leica M4 down really low. I strap it around his neck, you know, and he just goes. Bleep, bleep. But all he makes pictures of is cute little cats in the neighborhood. <laughs> is that supposed to be a joke? What the hell is that? A little teaspoon of coffee? Dude, that's a that's a huge mug of coffee, man. No, it's just perspective is what it is. So look at that. Look at Mister. It says. Is it Kona? No, it's Bustello. A dollar twenty-five a kilo. It's not Kona. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Kona is like. Um, like what? Doesn't do anything for you. It sounds like that coffee that. Yeah. You you, you know, there's a coffee that comes from a. There's an animal poop or something, you know. Oh the yeah, animal. yeah, Bustello. That's the stuff the Haitians. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. No, Haitians. Brown monkey poop. <laughs> no, Haitians drink good stuff, man. Stuff that's strong. And what are you talking about, man? Inspired Eye is made because of Bustello coffee. Don't hate, man. Yeah. Okay. All right. Get, let's get the podcast going. Actually, I, did, I guess this time there won't be no blurb because you already broke the mood, man. It just broke the uh, eye, just I, like that. Yeah, yeah. What's with the mister on the cup? Mister. Is well, that your wife's? Is that your wife's cup? Well, I, I know she has the pants, but uh, that's actually my cup. She had a Mrs. cup that she broke. So that's uh, that's actually trying not to read into the lines of a uh, bad premonition or something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> She broke it over your head or what? <laughs> nah, she just broke it. I don't even remember how the thing broke. We just Pull broke. that long ponytail. You will listen, boy. <laughs> That's why I keep my hair short. <laughs> so so that time you got nothing to grab, huh? Yeah, well, there's other things to grab. <laughs> Tanya doesn't get a joke. She's rushing, don't forget. She can always find a way, you know what I mean? <laughs> Let's Anyways, uh, so guys, now we have uh, Don, myself, and his cat, Barsic. which is, which is uh, has a very tough name, Barsic. Looks like a Barsic name for cat. Okay, so uh, it's original. What are we talking about? All right, so in this episode of Inspired Eye, we're going to talk about the next system because, um, and, and well, you're going to talk about the Fuji mainly because you have it uh, right now. But uh, it's mainly about the next system and some words about the Fuji. So let's start okay. right now. Okay, so, oh, yeah. you know, when you look at the next, you have the, uh, I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of people have the idea that it's like an amateurish uh, beginning kind of camera. You know, something's like, oh, that's not a real street shooter's camera. It's not a real portrait camera. But then again, all the cam most of the cameras that you would buy outside of the next are using the sensor from Sony anyway, because they make the best sensors, the best engineering, the best technology. If, and another thing is, if Tony wanted to, if Sony wanted to, they could buy all the camera manufacturers together. They're that big. And there's one thing that people need to know. Manufacturers are actually go hand in hand. Pump up, uh, um, I don't know, Olympus, you might find a Sony sensor in it. I think it's Sony. It's OMD is a Sony sensor. 
but you're going to find other parts. You know, it's not like manufacturers are trying to rip off each other. Just like um, there was this lawsuit against uh, Samsung by Apple. And they opened up the, the iPhone 5, 5S and guess what's in it? It's a Samsung chip. It, it needs to be said, you know, they all have bits and pieces of each other. And I think one of the most important part of digital cameras is, of course, the sensor, because that's where the image gets made. I mean, it's just like cars, you know, Ford's got yeah, yeah. Chevy parts, Chevy's got Buick parts, all the same thing, you know. So uh, I, I go by how the camera works with me when I'm making photos. And it basically has to have just a very few control movements for me not to break my concentration on what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, and every camera can be trained to work that way. But, you know, they don't always hang in that way. Like, there's always obstacles. Like, like this, the next six for me is pretty much that way. It, I mean, I could do anything with camera. I could shoot an event with that, weddings, portraits. I do the street all the time with it. In the house, I do anything with the camera. It just totally responds. I know how it works. It makes beautiful photos. It's, I could say, I could almost say the same thing with the Fuji X. E1, but the difference right now, I'm not saying this is a difference for everybody, but the difference for me right now is something that has rebloomed since I uh, started with, uh, let's go back to the, the end of last year, beginning of this year, the, the X10, which had sensor issues. Uh, you, know, you know, I'm just going to say it had sensor issues, okay? The X20 also had sensor issues. And now I'm with the XE1, and the problem I have is that it's that dynamic range bull crap. I mean, why couldn't they just make the camera? With, if they made that camera without the dynamic range bull crap, it would be ideal for everybody. But they had to put that in there, the X-Trans sensor. So you really can't just like float and work out there because you might want to be changing that dynamic range from 100, 200 to 400 on the go as you're going, which is not that bad to do, but you can do it. Whereas the next six, I mean, I don't care what the lighting is. I mean, it's just really crazy camera, man. I could be a really, really low light, and then in the next fraction of a second, the sun blasted. You know, like I'm maybe at uh, maybe I'm uh, I'm at like uh, a thirtieth of a second wide open, one eight with the thirty five millimeter lens. You know, and here I am. It, uh, I'm shooting at thirty two hundred or something, and then the next second, I'm shooting at a five hundredth at eleven. You know, at maybe uh, two hundred or four hundred or something like that. The camera just bang, it goes. When you look at the images in Lightroom, they read evenly straight across. It just does it perfectly. It just does it. I don't know. You know, I'm not pushing just one camera over another. But if someone said to me, what do you think is the best camera to be working with right now? I'd have to say the next six. There's no issues with it. You know, you bring two points up. The first one being you keep saying for me, you know, that that's that's one of the main differences. We will never say this is the best camera ever no you know, it, we will say that this is the best camera that works for us and this That's is right. these are the reasons and most likely is going to work for you but you know everybody has their different style everybody has their different uh different preferences you know for some people the look of a camera is superior to anything that they want inside a camera right. so uh we we're never going to really push one particular camera but we we will say for example that this camera is the best we've found so far and it flows the second thing is we actually got to say what we own. I, I, I personally own a Nex 7, and Don owns a Nex 6. And I think you started with the Nex 5, right? How, how did First that came out. One thing to know about Don is that he's been doing that for 
for longer than dinosaurs uh, has been around, and um, right. he had a he had a lot of cameras. He right. had a lot of cameras. If I used to ride on a brontosaurus, the L wasn't finished yet, construction, so I would jump on the back of a brontosaurus would just like get me down, and it was fast because all the other animals would just get out of the way because you had kaboom, kaboom. They would just move, slide down the back, down the tail, so he'd catch me at three o'clock. It was a yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Only in Philadelphia, dude. <laughs> Don, you're officially cheesy. Because he had a lot of cameras. So if you really want to know somebody that's going to talk about cameras, it's Don. He had Leica's for all his life. He had there's. I don't think there's one camera he didn't own. So, um, so Don, why did you did you get into the next next system? Why did you buy the next five a couple of years ago? Uh, I was uh, at the time I was uh, an admin at uh, M43, M43.com. And I was shooting, uh, you know, Mike before third cameras and lenses. Uh, I didn't have, well, they didn't, it wasn't out. A lot of the lenses weren't out back then. But I didn't have the G, the G2, I think. No, I, the G3, I had the G2. Everything else I had. And the thing was, like, it was fine. The stuff was great. I love, I'll tell you, to this day right now, my favorite digital camera way back is the Olympus EP1 with the 1728. That camera just worked flawlessly with magic. It's a lot of features it doesn't have. It's noisy and blah, blah, blah. It's an amazing camera. It's like shooting a film camera. I, so what I, happened I, was, I was, I just was looking for a different, a different sensor. I wanted something. It's, it's like in the, in the N43 world, like I could, I could, well, you know how I distort photographs. Like I want to pull tones and stretch pixels, you know, and do things like that. And the, to be honest, the larger the sensor, the easier that is to control before it starts to really break up. Now, I don't mind pictures. I don't mind photographs breaking up. But I, need, I, need a, I needed a different threshold for them to break up. And then what happened, in all honesty, Ray Sachs, who was a friend here from Philly, he, he got one of the next five when it first came out. And it's like, I mean, I mean, like first came out. Ray's got to have it doing that. So one day, I mean, I was looking at his photographs on a forum. I think it was Series Compact at the time. And I called uh, one night. I'm sorry, one night. I took my wife out shopping and uh, I called him on the phone. I said, Ray, what do you think about the next blah, blah, blah. So we started talking like an hour. And then uh, I hung the phone up and I told my wife I'll be back in 30 minutes. I drove to a different place, bought the camera, <laughs> came back. And fell in love. I could not believe, I could not believe the quality coming out of that camera with those crappy little lenses. I mean, sorry, Sony, but they were, back then, they were crappy little lenses. But they did it. They did it, man. They really worked. The camera had a great feel to it. It had the tilt screen. I mean, the files were delicious. They were very easy to process, very easy to, to make really clean or nice, or like I do, blow them up, you know, and stretch them out. And that was it. And I, I had that camera for a long time. And finally, uh, I wanted more control, especially with the lenses. So I moved over to the, uh, the Ricoh GXR system. I got two GXRs. But there was something, I mean, the Ricohs are great. And I love Ricohs. I've been with them since the 70s. But there was something missing. I don't know what it was, but there was just, I looked at my photos and it, 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 it wasn't in it wasn't in the 
IQ of the images. I went to the, I had two GXRs. They have like a, an amazing interface. They really do. It's just great. And, and the uh, handling is great. The, huh? G, the GXR's grip is, is uh, a yeah, great grip. Just, it's just the way it works. The, the, inter, the interface, pretty much everything about this camera. I actually had four, four GXRs with, I had two. with, uh, well, with everything I, basically. I had one stolen, and I got so I got another one after that when that was stolen off of the off the L, you know. So anyway, uh, I noticed there was something wrong, something not wrong, but something was a little different in the way I worked with the cameras, not in the quality of the images, but in the image quality, which means. Image, you know, quality of an image is like, uh, like they, they call it like IQ, which is like pixel sharpness, resolution, contrast, tonal range. But then what I call, what, what I'm more concerned about is the quality of the image is if I'm seeing myself in the photographs without intrusion. And I didn't see that with the Rico for a long time. But then when I went back through my Lightroom catalog and flipped through the Sony, I said, you know, this camera with little lenses really did something. And the ones that really shocked me were the ones when I got a couple of M adapters. I got an M adapter for the Leica, some Voigtlander lenses. I put some Canon FD lenses on the Sony. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So anyway, make a long story short, I, I went full circle and came back with the, uh, the Sony Next 6, you know. I, I don't know if I want to move off of that platform. I just really like it. I would actually like Sony to just say, hey, you know, we want to sponsor you. You right, shoot. Yeah, I'd love that too. Hey, Sony gods were available. All right, just know that. Well, one thing is uh, we actually used the Next 6. Uh, well, you used the Next 6 and I used the Next 7, both for uh, professional purposes because you also do events and stuff like that with the Next 6, and I do events and stuff like that with the Next 7. What do you think about that, uh, using the Next 7? Because you, you usually you used to work with um, 5D? I used to, yeah. A 5D, then a... And a 5D Mark II, yeah. Then uh, how was the jump from the 5D Mark II to the to the next six? Uh, about 15 pounds lighter. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> Seriously, you know, the, you know the beautiful thing is like uh, like even in the retro five bag, the retro five, uh, I could put the uh, the Fuji with the lens on it, the next with the. 2418, which is not a small lens by any means, but it fits in there like a glove and very easy to get out and put two or three other lenses in there easily, like a couple M lenses and maybe uh, maybe the 27 Fuji or something like that. Just, you know, and then all the batteries and all the other stuff, and there's not a lot of weight. It doesn't weigh, it probably doesn't weigh as much. I'm not sure, but it doesn't weigh as much as the Mark II with the 24 to 105, which I did a shoot for New Year's Day at the parade. And I'll tell you what, man. I love the parade. I'm a Philadelphian at heart. I've been going to the parade since I was a kid, the Mummer's Parade. But when I used that camera lens down there, I wanted to go home so bad you can't imagine. Yeah. I, I really don't know why a lot of people are still um, into DSLRs that much. Those things are, are – quality, are... quality. It's hard to get past that full-frame quality. Well, b besides, the, besides the quality, you know, full-frame and comparing full-frame and APS-C, that's already jumping. But – uh, what I mean is DSLRs, because there's lots of big and bulky DSLRs that are APS-C, you yeah. know, and I just don't understand why you want to, to use such a big camera while you get some very, very high quality images with smaller cameras. 
Yeah, it's scary, man. How good yeah, I mean, well, you know, I was working with some people, and I'm looking at all the gear. I mean, the the big bags, the, you know, those strap systems and stuff like that. And he, here I am coming in with my little, um, what's this called? A Lowy Pro uh, Classified 140. Uh, really, you will never think there's a camera in that bag. Really small bag. I love it. Put my cards in there. Put my business cards, which are actually slides. I got the next next seven in there. I had uh, all my lenses, a uh, backup body, and all the fancy flashes and all that stuff always with me. Yeah. And I know it doesn't weigh as much as the person uh, carries with them with just one camera. No. It's a beautiful the next system, especially on the higher end cameras, mainly the next six and next seven. And the other cameras are great too, by by all means. But oh yeah, it's just that the next the, the the next cameras are the kind of cameras that are highly versatile. You know, you 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 can pretty much do whatever you want with them. You know, I know this will sound crazy, but I used to compare every camera to the Ricoh GRD. At first, it was the three, not the two, no, the three, then the four. I compared every camera to that. Now that sounds crazy. Because when it's real small, fish in your pocket, work, uh, you know, you can work it without even looking at the camera, including for when you first turn it on. Just put it in your put it in your hand, turn it on. You're working, you know, image quality is nice for 10 megapixels. I mean, you because know, I like to blow things apart. So it was great for my dreamscape series, dream catcher stuff. But as time went on, I still have that it's right here as time went on. And when I got into this next six, which has really engulfed me, and the reason I say that is because now I compare every camera to that because I, I, Sony is the wave of the future. And I said that a couple, three, four years ago. Sony is the wave of the future. Their cameras are the wave of the future. Any innovations, any amazing products are going to come out of the Sony lab. There's no doubt about it. No doubt. Yeah, there's already started with the QX100, the, the yeah. camera lens thing for the um, for the phone. Right. But I do I do agree. Like it's the next when if you if you have a next six or a next seven, I mean, in my opinion, it's like you got a real camera. What I mean by real camera is you won't you, you won't you you have a friend. You won't be the tempted. Yeah, you, you won't be tempted to jump any anything, you know. You feel like, especially for the next seven, I have it. And, I mean, I'm not budging, you know. any I, I'm seeing other cameras, you know, new cameras out there and stuff like that. I don't want to budge. So I guess it's the same thing for you, too. And the next system is, is comprised of camera bodies but also lenses. Yeah. What do you think about the lenses? Which ones did you have? Uh, the thing was, one of the big reasons I left the next uh, five was because – the, the glass wasn't there. I don't like zoom lenses. They had the 18 to 55, which is good kit lens. But, you know, it doesn't come close to comparing to the Panasonic 18 to 55. I think it's an 18 to 55. They make an M43. It's probably just the 1855. That's what. Yeah, whatever. That's, that's probably the best kit lens made in history for any camera. And the, the Sony 18 to 55 didn't compare to that. And then they came out with the 16 that I used a lot. The 16, and I got that adapter that made it a what? Did it made it a what did it make it a? Well, this is this is my lens. I love this lens. This it's well, a what 16. Did, what did it make it? I forget. 12. No, it, it's, it's a 16 millimeter, and there's two adapters. You can have the 12 millimeter adapter, and it's going to be super wide angle, or you yeah. can have another adapter, which actually makes it a what's it called again? Um, uh, fisheye, which I'm not a fan of. No, I didn't have so, that. I had the other one. But 
it's a i mean i love this lens i absolutely love it it's it's a great lens it's super wide it's great i love it it's, the lens is better with that adapter than without yeah the, the adapter that, like it's like you completed the uh, optical formula this is really something now so this is an important statement i didn't want to be forced to use legacy what they call legacy lenses to me it's my end mouse my leica lenses i didn't want to be forced to use that I didn't use it in M4.3, and the reason I didn't like it was the Leica lenses have it. The newer Leica lenses, like Biospherics, they have a tendency to look over sharpened in the files. Now, of course, most people say, "Oh, yeah, look at the resolution." Yeah, but I'll get into that. But I don't like that appearance, so I got rid of the next because I didn't want to have to use my M mounts. You know what I mean? I didn't want to have to use any of the M mount lenses, and even though I use them, they work fine. It was beautiful. But I didn't want to have to be forced to use it. I wanted to have, sometimes I wanted autofocus. So now back with the next six, with the next six, 24 that I got from you, the mistake of your life. That lens, I mean, if I ever, if I sell the whole next six system, that lens will sit on the shelf. I won't get rid of it. It's that good. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. The problem, it's not so terrible with the next because when you're using the Leica spheric lenses, they really do have like almost like an etched appearance. They're so sharp and the resolution and what I call acutants, you know, like from the old film days, you know, that it's all there. The contrast is it's too much for the sensor, actually. Now what happens is now I'm playing with the Fuji XZ1 and with their manufactured lenses, they're as good but not better than the next lenses. Okay, the new the new le next lenses, the 24 or even the 35.18 is a, an amazing lens. The 50.18 is an amazing lens, but it's too long for me. If I put on the Leica lenses, which I've done, if I put the Leica lenses on the Fuji, it ain't never happening. It just, I mean, it's like this highly over-sharpened appearance in the images. Yeah, because, so the because it's lens, a Leica. They work, huh? Because it's a Leica lens, which is already sharp. And well, Fuji sure. has a lack of an AA filter doubling the sharpness, basically. That's right. So it's you know. pretty hard to cut it back. So the Fuji lenses are not—they're not—they're they're, they're nothing to write home about. I mean, I have the 18 and uh, what's this one? The 27, which is like a 40 millimeter. They're nice. They're okay. They do a great job, but they're nothing to write home about. They're—I'm not going to say it's any better than the, the Sony lenses. I don't believe they are. They're probably on par, but not better. The problem, the thing is, with that sensor, of course, they look better. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But see, there's, there, it's one thing that a lot of people don't understand. There's something called emotional quality and image quality, and a lot of people are obsessed with uh, image quality. You know how sharp, uh, how sharp it is. You know, uh, and clinical. You're talking about clinical. Yeah, clinical. A, a lot of people, you know, you're saying that some Leica lenses on a Fuji X, uh, X Pro or X. Um, XE1, you know, that's all they dream about because it's going to be that super, super sharp image. What you're paying for. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it, it, you can have a super sharp image, but the emotion is not there because when it's, like you said, you're, you use the term clinical, you know, when it's too clinical, it's just sharp. Well, you can't, the photograph doesn't let you enter it without uh, analyzing first. So you're analyzing the quality, which is, how did they do this? How did he do this? What lens, what sensor, camera? How did they make the photograph versus uh, versus uh, an emotional way of going and say, why did he make this photograph? This is great. I love it. Why? Why did he frame this way? Why did he leave this? Why did he leave that? 
So there's the difference between emotional and clinical. I'm yeah. not saying it happens with every like a lens. Mm -hmm. I'm saying with the wrong combination, a like a lens or a really sharp lens like that and something like the XC or the X-Pro1, you could have a problem. Uh, you know what kind of uh, image it is if the first reaction you have to the image is, wow, that's sharp. Or, yeah, well, uh, that's it, of course. You know, wow, that's sharp or wow, yeah. that, that image actually has an effect on me. Right. You know, if it's sharp and and way too clean, you know, most probably it's the you're looking at the image quality and that kind right. of um, hinders the emotional uh, quality that you're going to you're going to relate to the photograph. I, you, you'll have to enlighten me on this. When I had the X-Pro, I absolutely hated the manual focus experience and didn't have to focus speaking, you know, which, in my opinion, should yeah. resolve everything. You know, if it has focus speaking, you can throw in some manual lenses in there. Mine. So what's your what has your what has been your experience because now you have the expert with the well XE1 with the with the focus speaking what has been your experience with manual focus? Well, that's that's a good point. The uh, actually the, the camera is better with the XE than the X Pro. I'm told from a lot of people that have both or that have had one than the other that the just the finder is better, which is crucial to manual focusing. Uh, on on the on the Sony like the next six, I guess it's the same for the other ones. You have three levels of focus peaking, low, medium, high, and you have three colors, right? Mm -hmm. So I find working with low yellow works amazing. It works so good that I don't need the magnified view on a photograph. I mean, I really do not need the magnified view. All I got to do is just – it's beautiful. I mean, you, you put if you have a manual length, the way I have my camera set up, you have a manual, like, let's say I'm using the 2418, and I'm in, of course, autofocus. Well, if I switch to manual focus, I put it in and press one button, I'm now in manual focus, and if I turn the lens just a fraction, just a little bit, I get an amplified view, right? I get an amplified view of the scene. And the low yellow works perfect. I don't even need a magnified view where I can focus the camera, because I can see that clear. If I take the same lens and put it on the Fuji, it doesn't work that way. Even with the peak. Now let's let's get let's let's be fair and honest to the Fuji. They're just now starting with the peaking, and Sony's been in there for years. So uh, they have a low and a high setting, but it's all white. They don't have like a yellow or red that everybody's requesting, you know. And the problem is that looking at the screen or the viewfinder, which is very nice, it's not as bright as the Sony, and it can't get as bright as the Sony like on sunny day, but it's sufficient. It works. The problem is that without that double-A filter on there, now what you have is a really sharpened image on the screen. When the peaking is on, it's it's like, you, can, you know, peaking works on contrast. It works on contrast between light and dark, you know, <laughs> on the image. Because it doesn't really know, because it's seeing a flat image. You're seeing the screen as a flat image. It doesn't see depth of reality. So it's over-sharpened, and when the peaking goes on, it's even worse. And almost everybody complains that you can't really focus the camera without using the magnifier on the Fuji. You have to use the magnifiers. I mean, if you you know, even with the wide-angle lens, like my my, my 21 my 21 scope bar, which is the 31 and a half millimeter, is delicious. I mean, on the Sony, I mean, thank God it's got a depth of field scale because you can set it. You know what I mean? Just if you want to make a slight adjustment, you turn it and bang, the yellow comes up very faint. It does not interfere to the vision at all. And you can see what's in focus. With the Fuji, it's not like that. With the Fuji, 
Everything, it looks like the entire screen is sharpened. You know what I mean? The entire screen is sharpened. Huh? Which is a problem. It's a big problem. So a lot of guys have gotten to the point where they turn the peaking off and just use the magnified view, which I have tried too. But I kind of like resolved myself that uh, I'm just going to use the Fuji lenses on here because it's just too... I don't, you know, the thing is, it's just like we're talking about IQ, about emotional versus clinical. It's the same thing with the camera. If you're looking at the screen and what you have to do is try to like look at the peaking and focus and move and this and that, where's the photograph? The photograph for six minutes away is gone already. But you should be able to look at your screen, see your image, click, and that's it. You can't, you cannot do that with the peaking. You cannot do that. Mm-hmm. You hear guys say, oh, I got a 20%. You know, I have like a 40% success rate, 80% success rate. What does that mean? It means it's in focus 80% of the time? Yeah. Just get an autofocus lens. And you're 100%. <laughs> Unless you're an idiot, you don't have to focus a camera. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. Well, this is actually uh, um, one of the strengths of the Sony, I guess. It's the manual focus lenses on the Sony as an, an absolute dream. No doubt. Um, it, it's really, really, really going to depend on the person. So don't don't take what I'm gonna say as in you have to do it. But for me, I prefer manual focus lenses on the Sony Next, and not all of them, especially the Voigtlanders, because they have that focusing tab. They're made for rangefinders, so you don't have to twist and turn too much. You know, it's like a half a circle, and you're from uh, however close it can focus to infinity. I am so blazing fast with the uh, manual focus lenses. I just, I, I got so used to them. And when I'm saying I got so used to them, actually in, in a wedding context and in, in other other events, you know, I use these lenses and I loved it so much. I prefer manual focus lenses. So it actually, I guess, is a it's a statement about the versatility of the, next, the Sony Next 6 and Next 7 is that if you want autofocus lenses, you can use them. If you want manual focus lenses, they're an absolute dream. And especially for Leica lenses, Don, can you can you say a word about that? Because I don't really have Leica lenses. You do. Okay, I find the I find the prehistoric uh, Leica lenses, like from the seventies, some from the sixties, but the seventies and the mid eighties to be superior on the Fuji. Okay, on the Fuji, because they're not they don't have they have a different kind of sharpness and a different kind of resolution because they were really designed for film. So there really is a difference, more liquid, more fluid. The, the, the spheres, I remember when I got my first, it was the 35 F2 Sumicron sphere. Like it was within days of when it was released. And it was bigger than my regular 35. And, said, and you know, for like a month, I, I didn't even want to use it because it was bigger. And on film, you could there was definitely a difference between that and the 35 F2 second version. Then you go into like uh, even even the Sony Next. If you go into the Sony Next and you you put both lenses on, do a comparison. For me, I prefer the Prehistoric because I like I like a, a little less a little less challenge coming into the image. The, the, the spheres are sharper. And then I figured I'd say to myself, well, wait a second, if I'm if I'm you know these lenses are valuable. They're, they're going up and up in value. I mean they weren't when I got them. You know what I mean? Because I, I was at the camera store at Cosmos. I, I got a brand new 35 Supercraft for like 500 bucks, you know, back in the back in the day when I show my age, you know. But I, I, I said, you know something, what's going to even be better on this camera for me? I'm not saying for anybody else. It's the Voigtlanders. 
put the 21 scope R on, the 3514 uh, Noctine, which is designed after the Sumicron. It's a little bit smaller, and you know, it has the same glow on the, at 1.4. They are absolutely stunning on digital cameras. They blow me away. Blow me away. And that's what I think. I mean, I, they work, you know, the older lenses work better on digital cameras than the brand new ones because the technology in the mindset of the engineers is resolution, sharpness, resolution, contrast, accuracy, boom, 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 boom. And they make that, and then you put it on a camera like the M-Mono or something like that that doesn't have the AA filter. Man, you're talking about like etchings. They're not even photographing with like etchings. Of course, all the Leica guys are going to kill me here for talking and yeah i'm part of like a form international okay you can find me there you don't know my name but you can find me <laughs> that's my thoughts mm -hmm. and how because you, i think you you had the m8 and yeah you played around with the m9 and m uh, m type 240 yeah. so uh rogers yeah so how how does the to Leica lenses handle on, on, on these cameras, you know, versus how they handle on your necks and, and did you didn't try the Leica lenses on, on, on the XE one, did you? Yeah. Okay. So well, what are your thoughts? Because, well, one thing I, I guess we got to establish that you actually have the, the, the knowledge and expertise to talk about these things because I don't, I, I don't have a Leica. I, I never had one and I don't have the lenses, but you, you know, you've been you've been having Leicas since forever. You know, and yeah. you had a lot of Leicas, a lot of uh, you've been shooting film like uh, like a film before anybody else. So I guess yeah, probably yeah. back in the, in the late sixties. Yeah, I, I just want people to know that you know what you're talking about. So what are your your opinions on um, Leica lenses on Next Six, Next Next Six X XE One, um, and uh, Leica cameras? How do they I think, handle? I, I think uh, Leica should stay where it's at with Leica. I think if people really want to get into M mount, I'm not talking about other ones. I'm talking M mount. Go with the uh, used, used second version. You know, crons from the you know the 70s or something like that, mid 80s. You can find them around. Or go with the Voigtlanders because you, you'll you'll be a lot happier and more pleasing with the Voigt. I'm not getting paid by Voigtlander. It just it's just the results that I see in my kit in my bag. I carried the 21 scope R and the 35 knock uh, 35 besides the standard Sony lenses and standard Fuji lenses. And when I just want something real small and fast and quick, I mean, you can't get faster than the 21, the 21 scope R. You cannot get faster. You can't order focus as fast as I can do uh, as, as I can do pictures. It's faster than the GRD4 or any Rica or even the GR that has uh, – you know that that has snap focus. My uh, my scope bar on any camera is, especially the Sony, is a lot faster than than that. And the reason it's faster is if I'm walking on the street with the scope bar on, which I do an awful lot, and uh, the light's changing, or I want less depth of field or more depth of field. Well, if I'm in manual focus, which of course I would be, then all I do is adjust the f-stop. Takes about I don't know, a fifteenth of a second <laughs> to do it. I adjust the f-stop, move the focus distance, I'm good to go. You can't do that even with snap focus because you got you gotta hit a button and change your settings, right? Uh -huh. So it's it's fast and it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It's just a beautiful way to work. You know, all you're ever doing is moving the lens around. You know, just moving the f-stop and the focus distance on the lens. I would go with that and keep away from the high-end likings because you won't see much of a difference. 
They're not destructive to the image. It's a fraction of the cost. You know what I mean? So you can buy 21 scope for like on eBay for like 430, 440 bucks. Get an adapter for 20 bucks, an M adapter. You got ass kicking lens to put on your camera. Now, I, I think that, I mean, most people, the Leica stuff is, is uh, priced out of the range. And then a lot of people that get the Leica stuff that use it, it's still priced out of the range because they're just there like, oh, maybe I should sell this and buy that. Or, you know, because it's just, I got so much money. I got like $20,000 in the camera and a couple lenses. Uh, you know, I, I could buy a car for that, you know. But you can buy next six body for like, what, 700 bucks or something like that. And you can buy a. Uh, you buy uh, the 21 uh, scope or for like four, you got like a thousand, eleven hundred new, you know, and you got one hell of a street camera. I mean, damn, that thing is a rocking camera on the street, man. Small, compact, fast, lightning's fast, beautiful image quality, and fun. You actually enjoy shooting with that. That's true. And also, it has a nice grip. That's very oh. important, you know, because in the, in the streets, you're walking. And swinging your arm. And swinging your arm. So you, you yeah. want to have a grip on your camera. What are you smoking? Is that a hookah? No, it's, it's just uh, it's just the voice a, thing. Yeah, look like you're smoking a hookah. <laughs> yeah, that sure. long hippie hair and sitting there with the beard and the mustache. Yeah, Donnie, I mean, what kind of life you got there? Oh wow! Hey, hon, you making dinner? Oh. <laughs> that's for BD Cohen. He'll listen to this. BD okay. Kick you out of that. <laughs> All right, BD is going to be uh, in our next issue, yeah, which is coming up very, very soon. And uh, it's actually time for me not to have any social life anymore. Yeah, that's right. Not okay. yet, but uh, at the end of the week. The X-Trans sensor, it's an interesting sensor, and I, I've done a lot of reading on it and trying to figure things out. Uh, Ray is more than gracious to give me information. Pete, on our meeting on Wednesday, Pete was more than gracious to go through, through things with me. It's different in his X100S than it is in my XE. And Ray wants from memory because he's with the Sony RX1 and the uh, Nikon Coolpix A. But I got a lot of information plus on forms and stuff. And now I'm in the process of all you Fuji guys know you're having problems. There's big problems with, you know, getting the, you know, the, the exposure right and all this and the, 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 the dynamic range going crazy. I am making presets and they're starting to work really well. So I'll have them done in a couple of weeks, but we're in a week or so or whatever. I'm really busting my hump on them because I need them. I need these. If I'm going to keep this camera and use it, I need these presets as quick as possible. And I'm working on them constantly. You know, I've, I've, I've seen, I've looked at a lot of images on the internet. I mean, all over. Rangefinder form, get DPI, talk, you know, a Fuji talk or whatever the hell it's called, stuff like that, the Fuji spot and all these places. So a lot of people having problems with the images, man. Really having problems. It's not their fault. It's that stupid ass sensor, man. I'm sure the the new. Uh, I'm not sure, but I would think the new version of the camera won't have the X-Trans sensor anymore, or it'll have some kind of variation on it where it's not impossible to process the images. I don't think they'll ever do that. They will. There's the there's a new version that's a very budget version of the X cameras. It's going to be um, a regular sensor, but I don't think Fuji's ever going to abandon their X-Trance. It's basically admitting that we made a mistake all along. I don't think that's ever going to be possible. They had to do it with the X-10? They're going to lose customers. I mean, you know, because people are talking about they get the camera because it looks great. It looks it's a killer. look great. You know what I mean? It's just like a lot of hassle. It's like when the X, I mean, if I, look, if I wanted to be, you know, if I wanted to be like a cog in the wheel and just fit in like everybody else and like, 
and just march, march with the crowd, you know. Then I can put the camera on A, A mode, right? Mm-hmm. And just be like a cog in the wheel. I got pictures. They all look good. Everything is the same. I'm happy. There's no issues. I don't like A mode. I'm not, I know a lot of people use it. The majority do. I'm not using A mode. Why am I not using A mode? Because if I'm at a F8 on the street at 250th, I want to be... I want to be the 125th or 250th at F8. I want to be there. I don't want the camera telling me, uh-uh, you can't go there. There's not enough light. Or, uh-uh, you can't go there. There's too much light. I want the camera to say, all right, Don, that's what you want to do. That's cool, man. Watch this. I'm going to move my ISO right up to where it needs to be. And say, thank you. Let's go. That's what I want. Can't do that in, in A. If you're in A mode on, on the XE1, you can't turn off uh, the dynamic range. You're stuck with one, two, or 400. And you can't go into auto dynamic range, which works very well. So they have, they have to do something with the sensor because there's one thing I will say about Fuji. They do, they pay attention to their users once they're backed into the wall. They won't voluntarily make a change, but when enough people tell them you need to make a change or they will do it. They do every, they come through with flying colors like they did with the, the shutter, uh, the sticky aperture blades thing with the original X10. Uh, you know, they didn't want to admit that there was a problem for a long time. And then finally they said, yeah, there's a problem. Send it back to us and we'll repair it. No charge, blah, blah, blah. And they did a fabulous job. It was beautiful. The same thing with the sensor. They have to make some kind of improvements. They know it. They know how to do it. And they'll do it. Faith in the world that they'll do it. That's well, why I have the camera here. I know they're going to do it. What happened with the, with the X10? The first thing, the biggest issue with the X10 was... That you that uh, Lightroom. Well, I'll talk about Lightroom. Not, not just Lightroom, but I, I use Lightroom, so I'll talk about it. Won't process the uh, wall files. There's all kinds of crazy artifacts and stuff. So uh, even with even with uh, uh, what what uh, Silky phase picks. one phase one, you know, phase one, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Silky Picks and everything. And there's guys. Uh, there was a, a guy named Trevor or DPR, a guy named Matt Maver, I think it's Matt Maver, and Pete DPR, who posted some results. Trevor came up with some great ideas, tried to make it work, and, and it really worked. You can't spend 44 minutes processing an image and, and try to, you know, get some work done. So then when the X, when the, when the, the funny thing was, when the X20 came out, the problem was that the X10 made absolutely beautiful JPEGs. I mean, stunning, just like Fuji JPEGs. They were stunning, but the wall files were just about really unusable. You know, even after the upgrade, the update to uh, Lightroom, four at the time, I think it was, uh, the X20 came out. It made absolutely beautiful wall files, but the JPEGs were terrible. <laughs> the JPEGs were awful. So, I, you know, I, I just, I got rid of that camera only because I, I didn't like dealing with that sensor, you know. I, I just had too many issues with it. You know, and now with this XE1 to try to come to terms, have, see if you can work around this sensor. Can you make this camera work with this sensor without throwing it against the wall, you know? And so far, I don't know. Still out. The jury's out, man. Mm-hmm. And the Sony, you have no issues with it, right? Ah, the Sonics. No. The next six. No. I mean, if if President Obama called me up saying he needed a portrait of... Uh, of his fa- him and his family in the White House this afternoon, the only thing I'd be concerned about was how he's going to get there fast enough. What am I going to wear? As far as the camera lenses go, wouldn't give a second thought. 
To Sony Next <laughs> Sony Next Six plus a twenty four one point eight Zeiss, right? Well that or even the thirty five I'll tell you the thirty five one eight turns out to fifty two millimeters, fifty two it's a stunning lens. It's absolutely stunning lens. It's better than another company's thirty five one four. Lighter, it's faster to autofocus, it's just as sharp, if not sharper. It's got a very beautiful pleasing contrast and tonal range it doesn't go above you know it's very nice that's like a 450 dollar lens or something 450 that's going nuts 450 500 or something it's, it's a beautiful lens i got it from john down in washington great mm -hmm. lens beautiful well see that's that, that's one of the see the only problem i have with the next is the fact that it's so straightforward there's nothing to talk about you know, I'm uh, I'm doing those those ebooks. You know, there's a bunch to talk about the the Ricoh GRD4. You know how snap focus works, blah blah blah, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And when I came to the next, you know, I'm doing a next seven ebook, and I'm like, what what am I gonna talk about? You know, that camera is so straightforward. Anything you throw at it is gonna work. Oh, just you know? it's amazing what they do. It's yeah, it's just an amazing, amazing camera. So it whatever if you are looking for i'll say the if you're looking for no aggravation in making your photographs that's the time to go for it if you're looking for no aggravation if you're looking for absolute no no holds no uh complete package i say go for the next seven or maybe the next six which whichever one next, you six, the next six next seven we don't like next sevens around here you don't like next sevens down there it's the best camera come on it's better than next six now, you're not allowed in Philadelphia with Next 7. You come to Next 7 with that in Philly and go on the L, you'll, you'll arrive at my house with no clothes on, no camera, no camera bag, no nothing. Everything will be dumped on Kennington Avenue, Next 7. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm not pushing. I wouldn't push any particular camera. You know, there's a lot of good ones out there. I would say that if someone's looking for a really small compact that just blows your mind every time you use it. You cannot beat the Fuji X20. You cannot beat that camera. I just, of course, you're going to shoot raw, but absolutely just love that camera. You know, you take that out, so small. It goes on when you turn the lens barrel. Beautiful zoom, sharp all over, great files. The interface is amazing. Great little camera. But, you know, if you're looking, if you're looking for, like, a, you can't change your lens. If you're looking for, like, a, a little system, what I, you know, the, the word system has changed from back in the Nikon Canon days till now too, you know. System back then meant take the finder off the top of the camera, change it to something else, you know, some other kind of finder, yeah. change the screens like from a C screen to an A screen on a Nikon, you know, change it to focus screen, lenses, film, film backs, all kinds of stuff, a four by five back. That was a system camera. Now system camera is a camera that can interchange lenses. It's considered a system camera. The Sony is real nice because the, some people say the lenses aren't so great, but I, I think that's they're past that. Sony lenses are very, very good now. You know, they're not that expensive. Well, a couple thousand dollars, you can have the camera and three, four lenses, you know. It's real nice. It's compact, fast, dependable, reliable. The battery power. You know, it's funny. Everybody says the battery power sucks, but man, I take that camera out all day and just use one battery. It's just amazing. It really is. It's amazing. And if you're looking for something a little more classic design, you want something a little more classic in design, you go with like with the Fuji. You just have to contend with the you have to contend with the sensor, you know, and there's no way to change it because they're not going they're not going to say, hey, send us the camera back. We'll change the sensors, you know. 
But it's been 10 months or 11 months already, people are still having issues, you know. So that's not the, you can't let that be a deterrent. You have to be persistent and say, I like the camera, I like the lenses, I'm going to work things out, which is exactly what I'm doing now with the presets, is working things out and getting the image to look really fine at different dynamic ranges. That's all you need. It'll be fine. Great. But all in all, no aggravation. Just go out and make photographs and be 100% dependable and never worry about anything. Can't beat the next six. Or next seven. Well, that's debatable. The next six is not debatable. <laughs> Anyways, we, we just wanted to share our thoughts on on the on those systems, the next the next six. system and, and, and the um, and the Fuji system, you know. In the end, it's all about what you want, what you're willing to give give in and give out, you know, it's all about idiosyncrasies. You know, what what's the best features of a camera, what camera you want, what you really need in a camera. And take your choices from there, you know. But these have been our um, how we see things. You know, we're not pushing anything. We're not telling you get them. Actually, get them. They're they're absolutely great cameras. But yeah. we're not we're not. You know, it's not like uh, uh, oh, this camera is you, you you're shooting with this camera. It's the most horrible camera ever. No, you know, we're saying what we're saying is do consider the next uh, next cameras, especially next seven, next six, as. Uh, Amazing cameras, and they are absolutely amazing cameras. But there's, we're not saying there's no no other cameras out there. All right. So if you're looking, if you're looking for a camera, and you want to go out and make photographs, and you don't mind looking at the camera to see how it's going to make photographs, you get the Fuji XE1 or the XPR or whatever. If you want a camera to go out there and make photographs. Without looking at the camera, without worrying about what it's doing, you get the next six, because that's exactly the difference. That's the big difference with the camera. With the Fuji, you have to look at it, decide where you're at, what you're doing, and then make photographs. With the, with the Sony, you look at it, you make the photographs, you don't even look at the camera. It's not about the camera. It's about making photographs. That's all it's about. Nothing else. Okay, so thanks, Don. What's the shaking? Oh. Is that your foot shaking the, the table or something? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a foot shaker. Yeah, yeah, you're a Bustella drinker, that's why. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> yeah, but you know you gotta you, you gotta have some Bastello because you know when, no, when you have to have some Bastello because it's a Haitian thing and I wouldn't understand. So you, <laughs> are, are you admitting that I do all the work? I'm admitting you do all the work that I let you do. That's what I'm admitting. Uh, anyways, man. If the magazine's late, it's his fault because my poopy is done. <laughs> no, he's the one that's holding me back. Yeah. Anyways, guys, I'm sure you're sick of us by now. So, hey, yeah. have a great weekend and uh, see you next time. Bye.